You're listening to a podcast from 702. Having a family member that has been incarcerated behind bars can certainly be challenging for for families, depending, of course, also on the crime committed. One may get to a point where you blame yourselves. Uh, you will also be criticized by communities, judgment meted out against the family. What are some of the challenges that you have uh, been navigating? If you want to share your story with us, please give us a shout on that number, 011-830-702-072702-1702. Maybe you've got questions around that, things that you've been navigating, uh, where there's just no clarity for you uh, in how you can um, uh, resolve these particular issues. Maybe even sometimes you feel violated, right? by those members of the community because of the view that they take now of your family. Uh, how can your family uh, come to a, 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 a place of acceptance? You know How difficult that is uh, to come to a place of acceptance of having a convict in their family. How do you accept it? How do you move on? How do you navigate that uh, uh, particular process? I mean, the, the whole entire purpose of imprisonment um, most times looked at as punishment, but uh, uh, those in the system saying this is an opportunity for correction, for rehabilitation, ultimately uh, paying your debt to society for the crimes that you have con- committed. Unfortunately, it's it's not only the individual who pays the price uh, being imprisoned, but it's the families as well who experience the consequences of the actions uh, of the individual. And they certainly have a difficult time navigating that. So if you've got that kind of a situation and experience, share your experience with us. Zero double one double eight three zero seven zero two. How are you navigating that experience? How how how? What are the challenges? What are the questions that come to your mind? Or zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. Shelly Mashiko, psychological counselor at Siwaya Wellness Solutions, is joining us now. Uh, to help us in this conversation. Hi, Shelley. Good morning, and thank you very much uh, for your time and uh, for joining us uh, this morning on the Clement Manyatella Show. So, I mean, it is a, 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 a volatile situation, creates a lot of turmoil, does it not, in the family to have a member incarcerated, uh, and, and, and particularly depending on the type of crime that they would have been uh, imprisoned for. Uh, firstly, thank you, Tabo, for having me, and good morning to the listeners. Um, a hundred percent. Um, you know, it is it is volatile and it is something that is challenging because remember, depending, like you said, depending on the crime, depending on the severity, is it the first time offender? Is it a repeat offender? You know, it creates a lot of turmoil in terms of how the family views themselves and how the community and the society also views, you know, the family. So um, like you were introducing um, the topic and the conversation is that there will be the denial, the shame, you know, the anger. Those are some of the emotions that come with, you know, a family member being incarcerated and even self-blame. The question of where did we go wrong? Yeah. How how, how do you help, for example, the, 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 the families process, first of all, the anger? I mean, and uh, maybe it all comes from the same place. It could be the anger, it could be the shame, it could be the guilt, all coming from the same place, but manifesting mm. in... In, in different ways. Sometimes it's, 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 it's the genuine anger of saying, well, how can you bring such shame to, to, to the family? You know, how do you navigate that kind of 
attitude and dispensation because generally of 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 the trauma that 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 the kind of arrest can bring to a family yes um navigating it is 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 basically first um accepting and understanding and acknowledging also validating the type of feelings that come with such a trauma right so um hence i said that you know families views view, view this as a loss right it's like grief so you will go through the different phases or the different stages of grief for example so to navigate through that is to understand first that yes i will be angry yes i am going to want to bargain and understand and maybe you know even be in denial and to navigate through those emotions is accepting and understanding that that is the situation now going forward how do we then deal as a family do we go for family intervention do we go for counseling you know do we support you know the the the, the family member that has been um convicted and then it's it's, it's basically face by face Step by step, and then eventually, after validating all those emotions, understanding that there may be solutions, and there are solutions and support out there in terms of working through the different challenges and the change and the adjustments that also have to be faced within the family because of that situation. Yeah, again, depending on the crime that there's there's been committed, is there a degree, yeah. you know, or, or within the family itself? of acceptance that, well, we now have a convict in the family. How, how do you accept it and move on? It's, it's the, the, there's no degree. How do we accept it and move on? It's, 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 it's exactly that. In terms of now, if, for example, Tabo went and stole bread to feed the family, right? Can we accept that and say that he was trying to fern for the family? Um, depending, again, on the crime committed, can we really accept it? There is no other way but to accept because that's the reality that has been faced. I think going forward, it's a matter of how do we then navigate after? How do we deal with the change and how do we adjust to the change? And accepting it, there's no degree. We can say 10% of families can, um, you know, accept. Some families don't. Some families don't accept. There is no method out there to say yes but it's a matter of understanding that that's the reality that is faced and this is how we will choose to move on then as a family yeah let me invite you then uh, to give us a call zero double one double eight three oh seven oh two zero seven two seven oh two one seven oh two are you in a position where you have a family member who is or was convicted how did you how did you navigate that how did it affect you how did it change for example the dynamic of the family now having a member of the family having been convicted um uh, or were you incarcerated yourself how how did it affect your family dynamic when you came back? Uh, did things change? Were you treated differently? How did you navigate that particular uh, challenge and move on uh, from that particular experience? Zero double one double eight three zero seven zero two zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two would uh, gladly take your calls uh, and uh, you can share your experience. That could certainly be helpful uh, to somebody. But maybe even you've got questions on how to, to navigate that challenging situation. We hope we could be able to to assist and, and, and give you some kind of uh, advice and answers to that. Zero double one double eight three zero seven zero two zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. You know, Shelley, one of the things that uh, yeah. uh, fa- families sometimes do is, is um, especially if it's, it's their... Younger children, you know, 
uh, who, mm. who who get into trouble with the law, they say, ah, you know, it's kids. Kids are just naughty, and and, and this is how they dismiss <laughs> it, and how and how they accept it. Now, you know, they got naughty and they got caught, and 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 they they got sent to prison. Yeah, I think that 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 that's that's where we take it back to, you know, how as a family we raise kids, and sometimes, you know. The, the situations or the circumstances within the family, right, actually then perpetuate a person to actually get to a point where they are crime-ridden, right? And it's, 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 it's nipping it in the bud, not just turning a blind eye and saying that, ah, oh, man, you know, it's a kid, a kid is a kid. We need to then further explore what is the reason for you to have done that. Do you understand that is wrong? Do you understand the consequences that then come with you having stolen a particular item? So it, it, it goes back to then the teachings. How do we then teach going forward? How do we then make sure that this person does then not become, um, you know, a, a thief in society or have felt this is gratifying? Therefore, I want to continue to do it. Yeah. Or I didn't get caught. Yeah. Speaking of society, I mean, is is, is yeah. there a an understanding in society of the purpose of imprisonment? I mean, uh, to to many, they want you to be sent to jail as as a punishment. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know whether there is an understanding in society of the rehabilitative uh, benefits of of the prison, and 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 therefore the difficulty of accepting that individual back into society. They, they, I think there's still lack of understanding. There still needs to be, you know, more education. There still needs to be more aftercare, um, you know, kind of sessions or programs, even including and involving the society. Because yes, you know, we, 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 society, maybe 80% of it says that go to, go to prison for correction. Correction is being punished, but it's more the rehabilitation of it. It's more, you know, what are we teaching and when they come out, how are they being accepted? But the society also needs to understand then the program that is run within, you know, our prison systems to say that if this is what's happening and if this is what's provided there, going forward, when an individual comes out, how do we reintegrate them then into in, into society, but with the understanding that it's after care. So it's not just the one-stop shop in prison, and then when they come out, that's about it, right? So it's what are we also doing to make sure that we psychoeducate, you know, members of society to say that this is what happens, and therefore when the individual comes out, this is how we can support Zero double one double eight three zero seven zero two zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. Shirley Mashego, psychological counselor with the Siwaya Wellness Solutions, our guest this morning to help us in this conversation. Let's go to the lines in Moreleta. Tabo, good morning. Yes, uh, good morning, Tabo. This is Tabo Mashego, and I'm in Moreleta in the northwest. Uh, I want to talk about my maliciously prosecuted by a, a court in a Pretoria North Court and unlawfully uh, convicted and sentenced by the magistrate, presiding magistrate, where when I appealed uh, at the High Court, in Pretoria High Court, the magistrate on her, on her written reply said she did a mistake to convict and sentence me without an option of a fine, where I was even incarcerated 
you know, to Koshimamburu uh, on a direct imprisonment of one year, six months imprisonment. Hmm. And how how did this affect your family? It affected my family greatly. Even me, I lost income and I lost my employment because it was year 2020 and then uh, before lockdown. It was, I was lucky because it happened in February before lockdown. And I had to fight while I was in prison uh, to prove my innocence, where uh, I even wrote uh, a list to appeal and notice to appeal to high court myself because I was in person in court representing myself. And uh, my list to appeal was uh, lifted, was uplifted and upheld, and then uh, noticed, I petitioned the high court for notice of appeal, and the two high court judges did set aside my conviction and sentence. And yeah. I was acquitted by the North Fountain High Court. Uh, but I stayed 14 days, you know, 14 days in prison is too, is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. And and, and how and how did how did the the community right uh, take this fourteen days of your incarceration? Did, did did they do they understand the kind of fight that you've had to then clear your name and 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 and, and declare your innocence? Are they ac- accepting of your innocence? Uh, some accepted, some they did not, because this thing was politically influenced and. Uh, the community was break into two pieces where some even were passed when I was appearing at the court. Some were passed by one of the by the politic by the ruling political party leaders in our area, in our ward, to go and you know you know and be against me inside court, you know, and then but and, and they even punished my name. They even used public protesters. There is a one national broadcaster in our northwest in the northwest province mm. that i'm busy now even uh, i want to sue the, that that uh, the media house now because they even use that media house to tarnish my name uh, uh, even my complaint now was at the bcsa where even documents sent submitted to the bcsa were fraudulent. They forged documents. Sure. You know, submitted them, and they said those documents are from CIPC. Mm. Uh, whereas the CIPC uh, refuted those documents. And yeah. that's why I'm suing the state now. Yeah. And uh, wh- what I'm happy about is that the state is not is not disputing. You know, because they, they are aware that, uh, you know, I was wrong here, and uh, fraudulent documents were used to fabricate this case yeah. because this is a counter case, uh, and and you know if if, if, if you allow me to talk, the person now who's presiding, who's a prosecutor at the Pretoria uh, High Court now at the Senzo Mayuwa's case, mm. is the person who prosecuted me, who maliciously prosecuted me. You know, this this have. Uh, long-term psychological impact on you i mean you're saying it's 14 days but uh, did you go to counseling were you counseled afterwards coming out no i i, I was not counseled and even now you know I, 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 i'm trying to cope but it's best because you know to lose income what i want listeners to know is that to lose income you know i was working uh, i was service delivery manager for the at the northwest 
province at one of the departments. Right. And I lost that income, and now I'm blacklisted because, sure. you know, my career as an IT service delivery manager, mm. I was printed because my contract were with FITA. You know, we, I was getting contracts, IT contracts with FITA at this Eastern period. But mm. now, after this case, that was fabricated to try destroy my FITA because even the leader, the, the person who was behind this, who is now the MEC in the Northwest, and they've won. Uh, he's like it because they've won because uh, it's the third faction that won uh, uh, after this conflict. Yes. Conflict. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you know he's fighting me. You know, if I can tell you, even hitmen, I I, I survived hitmen. Uh, what I'm saying now is on newspapers. Sure. I was all over newspapers. Mm, 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 Hitman mm. was paid. I, I won't be afraid to, to say that name because that guy was arrested. It's mm. Jeffrey Collar. Mm. Jeffrey Collar is a hitman who was hired to kill me. But unfortunately, he failed. And then he was arrested by Chamber Police Station. And they, they, the newspaper that I have, the station com- commissioner of that police station, said he's nowhere to be found. Okay. He, after being granted Tabo, appreciate it, man. We're going to have to leave it there because of time, but you can listen uh, on, on the radio. 011-883-0702-072702-1702. False accusation, Shelly, that, that certainly adds another mm. dynamic to it. A hundred percent. And I mean, already you can hear how traumatized, um, you know, he is. I mean, you 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 falsely accused you go and experience being in jail and that's a whole new world i mean the person you go in there um as as you would define yourself the minute you come out you're defining yourself as 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 somebody else the trauma that comes with that in terms of having to also fight you know for 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 your your innocence and fight for what what is right and even that 14 days is a traumatic experience and i think you know Tabo, i would advise get some trauma counseling because the change and adjustment you know that you had to go through you've lost a lot you know you you you, you you're still trying to get on your feet again you are trying still fighting as well to get your name you know uh, uh, um, corrected as well so I think it is important then for you Tabo to seek psychological help so that you can work through these emotions and work through the change that you had to, to, to experience and even the fight that you're still going through so that you can start navigating life you know in a different way according to how you had defined yourself and not what you know um, the, 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 the system defined you to be what what can families do for for offenders who've been incarcerated and vice versa? What can the the offenders themselves do for their their families to to help them come come in and receive some kind of understanding? Because sometimes you know people come out and there's an expectation that I will receive uh, sympathy, and if I don't, and and maybe I act out and I feel like I'm I'm unloved, and uh, I, I'm equally not understanding that the family itself maybe could be going through a little bit of a trauma itself. Mm, mm. I mean, 
Tabo, it's, 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 this goes in three phases, right? We go through the emotions basically in three phases. You're accused. We go through the, the initial, you know, shock, the denial, the anger. You're convicted. Now you're in prison. We have to go through the change and adjustments. So it's about what, 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 what do we do then in these different phases? Are we, are we communicating? Are we still, you know, are we going to actually see? you know, our family members in prison to actually still connect and, and, and have conversations, right? And then when coming back, what expectations are there? Are we communicating these expectations? Are we, you know, on the same page and understanding that when you come back, we have dealt with one, two, three, four, five, and therefore, you know, you cannot expect then open arms, let's be happy. Some may be relieved, some may, you know, be joyous, some may you know, ex- uh, uh, take you back and, and be happy to have you back. However, again, group sessions, continuation in terms of therapy to meet those expectations, somebody to actually help mediate and, and, and help the family understand from the, the convicted family's perspective and the family's perspective so that we don't then have the individual relapsing again or thinking, like you mentioned, that, oh, I'm not receiving any love, therefore... Right, I, I I might as well. Yeah, just do it again and go back to prison. Zero double one double eight three zero seven zero two zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. Are you in a position where you have a family member who is uh, convicted or was convicted? How did it affect you? Uh, were you incarcerated? How did it affect your family? Share your experience with us. Zero double one double eight three zero seven zero two zero seven two seven zero two one seven zero two. We'll take your calls when we continue next. Seven zero two. Family matters. Family Matters are on uh, the Clement Magnatella show this Monday morning and uh, we are talking how to navigate life after a family member has been incarcerated. Taking your calls on 011-830-0702. You can send us your WhatsApp messages as well on 072-702-1702. Shelema Sheikho, psychological counsellor at Siwea Wellness Solutions, helping us in the conversation. So, Sally, we've been looking at the mental health issues, but Tabo also touched on a number of issues. One of the issues, of course, is yeah. the the financial issue, something that is often not given a lot of consideration, the type of financial strain that this can put on the family. A hundred percent. And then we talk to the changes and the adjustments that come and we, we take it back to what kind of crime. First time offender, was this a breadwinner, you know, in the family, were they not? And how that dynamic then actually changes the family dynamic going forward, right? And, you know, it is, like you said, something that we do not take into consideration because it will have financial implications. What What is some of the best things that families would need to do here? Because, if, for example, when you look at the financial uh, uh, requirements, right, you find sometimes mm-hmm. family members um, of those who are in prison beginning to stop to, to focus on their own needs, feeling almost as if, you know, everything should be directed to that, their legal fees and so on and so forth that would, would need to, for example, in the case of someone who's trying to, to fight for their innocence, uh, be, be considered. Mm. How, how do you do that? How do you focus on, on your needs as well? Uh, and should you feel guilty in focusing on your own health and your well-being? A hundred percent, you, 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 hence I said, you know, this, this, this is like a loss and you go through the different, um, you know, uh, uh, 
phases, right, is that you are going to have that survivor's guilt that, okay, fine, this person is innocent. We know that they are innocent. We're trying to assist them financially, but life also has to continue. Life also has to go on, right? So it's navigating through those feelings and, 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 and making sure that as a family or as a unit, you know, we, we have ways or we have means in supporting the individual financially, but still not putting self second because that's the reality of it. Life will have to go on. You still have to pay school fees. You've got responsibilities. All these things still have to go on. And it makes it even tough, right? To then have to find funds to assist the individual that was most probably then the breadwinner prove their innocence. Let's go to the lines in Alasia Zenton, um, uh, sharing your experience this morning. Zenton, thank you very much for your time and uh, for for making the call. Share what 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 has been your experience. Uh, good good afternoon, good morning. Um, you know, I've been through um, one of the most painful situations, and I did not even know my name was five years on a criminal record, which was put down on twenty twelve. And I only found out about it in 2017, which I was arrested for 14 days and put in Sun City. And not knowing that my name is on a credit, on a criminal record. And um, the prison is still affecting me till today. You know, I can't even get over that. Um, the rape I've seen in the toilet, the, the pain that I've done nothing wrong and unlawfully put into prison. And um, it affected me financially. It embarrassed me to my family, to my kids. Like I do not see my kids. I've got divorced through that. And um, the pain and the sorrow that you can never understand that, you know, um, I didn't know prison was like that. I, I never knew uh, that it's such a traumatic place and such a disturbing place for any individual to go through. And especially when you're innocent and you know that you do not do anything, um, you know, below the doubt, or, and it affects you financially, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, and it's now five years, and I still can't get over it, you know? And um, now that I've got a case against the state, which I'm seeing yeah. this state, which I go to on, on, on February, took six years before I've got a trial date, and they postponed it and postponed it. And they, they conceded, but my life is still affected. Sure. And, and, and as a 53-year-old man, you cannot get a job these days. Mm. You can't just go in. And when I got to the embarrassing, when I told my mom, Mom, I'm, I've got a job for 45,000 back at Saffron Company, and as a sales manager. And when I got in there, I was headhunted. And the embarrassment is that my ex-boss said, Zanton, you've got a fraudulent case. And that's how I knew about it. I also wouldn't have even known mm. that my name was on... Uh, a criminal record. Sure. And what it does to your life financially, you know, spiritually and emotionally, that, you know, you want to take your life, that you don't know which way to turn. And um, mm. when the minutes of police or the state does something wrong like that, and then they come back and say, no, we apologize for the error. We, and it make you wait for five, six years for the case, and then come to it and concede. And then now, because of the COVID, we had to postpone the case for the February the next year to, for me to start living my life, sure. you know? And it's sad. It's, it's absolutely sad. And I can just imagine 
people that went through that same position mm. and the trauma, mm. what it does mm. to you, mm. it, it affects your mind. Did you know? I can't even explain to you what it does on a daily basis. That I started drinking so much, I drink on a daily basis, which I've never drank my whole life. My whole family does not drink. And I started drinking to get that effect for me to sleep at night. And, you know, the, the pain that I put my mom to, and the pain that you see me go to, I never drank my whole life. I never smoked my whole life. And I'm having a cigarette, I smoke two packets of cigarettes every day, and I have a bottle of clips up every day. Uh, for the last five years, just to take that pain and that trauma away from my mind, to try and clear it out of my mind. Because what I've seen in prison and, and the pain is absolutely scary. Zantan, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I'm sorry for your experience and I appreciate Thank you sharing this story with us. And, and, um, listening, um, uh, Shirley, I mean, how, 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 yeah. how do you assist? How do you, what advice would you, would you give Zantan in this situation? How does he ease the, the stress? How does he, the stress? I think Zenton, firstly, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. It, I mean, I can hear that you are still, you know, traumatized and devastated with regards to what happened and know that everything that you're going through is, is, is very normal. The trauma that comes, you know, when you are imprisoned, you know, is, is nobody can take that. It's like you cannot see it. You cannot unfeel it. And like I said, that it is the person that goes in comes back another person so you come back another person because remember the survival mm. skills and the trauma the like you said the, the rape that you've seen in the toilets so Zantan mm. I think you know it's important for you to get some psychological help we will leave you know um, our, our details at the end for CYA Wellness and see how we can then continue to assist you to navigate and just to to, 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 to work through the, the different trauma emotions that you have felt to help you you know understand what then the triggers are because what then you are doing right now is you're coping you know unhealthy methods of coping and the drinking will definitely not assist you because for, for now it is because you're forgetting you know the smoking the you know all the things that you're doing like I said even when um the first caller called to say you you, you become you are defined differently so you're not the zentin that you know you become somebody else because there is no way to navigate so you know we'll leave our details we'll definitely um see how we can assist you going forward so that you can start working through you know these emotions and the trauma all right zentin we'll give you the details much appreciated man thank you very much uh, for, for sharing this story be strong stay stay strong and uh, yeah determined uh, it will it will it will turn yeah. around there is of course the the rejection i mean uh, that i also get a sense mm. from from zantan that comes with the fact that he lost his family lost his children he feels uh, quite yeah. quite quite rejected Yes. And, and, and that is exactly what happens, you know, with, with, with these situations. There is no other way to explain it is that you will come out and the, the rejection, the, the, the isolation, the alienation will be experienced because it's, 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 you feel discriminated. You feel like, um, you, 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 there's no way you can prove yourself different and you have to fight 
as well to try help your family members understand that either I was wrongly accused or this I did not do. So the forgiveness aspect of it becomes even difficult and hence then you are by yourself. And that's why we have more, you know, um, prisoners actually going back then to prison because of the rejection and and of the isolation of the I'm not accepted back into society. Therefore, let me go back to what I know. Because again, when you're in prison, there's a, a whole new system. It's, it's 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 now a family. You are taught different things. Survival skills are are are, are basically enhanced, but in a negative way. So you'd rather go back to what you know because there at least you'll be accepted rather than coming back to society or family members that will not take you back. Are you in a position where you have a family member who is or was convicted? How did uh, it affect you? Where you incarcerated yourself? How did it affect your family? We are inviting you to share your experience with us uh, here this morning. Begazella in Linden, good morning. Begazella? Hi, how are you, Kevin? I'm, I'm good. It's Tabo. Go for it. Uh, Tavo, my story started back in 2007 when I was working for another big foreign security firm. I'm a Zimbabwean by national, but naturalized now. Mm. During that time, I was a supervisor, and then two of my colleagues, they didn't like maybe they were taking instructions from me, and they colluded, and they, one of them said, I pointed him with the firearm. And then the other one said, he saw me pointing his gun with the firearm. I was arrested by, by some police officers at one of the police stations around Houghton here. And then I was taken to court. It was a very typical thing, man. Something like things that all those that memory. And then I was, and then I was acquitted. When I was acquitted, I didn't know that my fingerprints were still standing on the police's ERC, that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a criminal. So I said to myself, no, I cannot work in an environment like this. Let me leave this organization. I resigned. After resigning, and I started my own, I wanted to start my own business, like I'm doing now. Mm. While I was busy with the paperwork, I was told, no, you can't do your, your registration because you've got the criminal record. Then I asked what criminal record. They said, no, in 2007, you pointed somebody with a firearm. And this is the thing that is... Now I say, no, I, I was acquitted. I don't have any criminal record. I've never committed any, any crime in my my lifetime so far. Then they said, no, I still went back to the police station to say, the judgment was passed that I was acquitted. And why is it that nothing has been reflecting that I'm a criminal? The police didn't want to assist me in that police station. Sure. I lost everything. I sold all my property that I had. Mm. Everything. Even now, I'm sleeping on the toys I'm talking to you now. I'm still trying to pick up. It's difficult. And then I went back again to police police station, and the police kept on chasing me away and telling me a lot of stories. Up until I had to stand up and say, let me go to the station commander. I want to see the station commander. The unfortunate part of it during that time, a, a police captain, he said to me, he's going to shoot me for asking him why my fingerprints are reflecting on their system while I was not committed. Then I just went through, I wanted to get to the, to the station commander, and one police officer who knew, who knew me, he 
asked what the problem was. I told him what the problem was. I said, no, we have police clearance. I did the police clearance. The fingerprints came in. They said, no, I don't have any criminal record. Yeah. I said, but yeah. why is he expecting that as a criminal record? He says to me, no, one of the person who was dealing with this case didn't uh, do it properly. Sure. They, did, they put your fingerprints on our system intentionally just to, to, to finish you up. I went back again to the station commander, and the station commander delegated another captain and he had three days to make sure that my fingerprints were assisted. Yeah. When my, when my fingerprints were taken off their system, I went back to my employer to look for, for re-employment. They took me back. Sure. 2011, I came into an armed robbery where criminals were robbing a uh, patrol, uh, patrol station. I fought with them. They shot me my left hand. They broke it. They shot me out more on, my, on my lower head. I had a bullet that was sitting close to my spinal cord. When on, I was driving the VX, the VX, the company did. I hit the text driver because the text yeah. driver was just passed in the middle of the road. Yeah. As I was passing through him, my, my mirror hit his steps yeah. and the mirror for that, for that VX broke. Yeah. Then I was dismissed for that. Ever since I'm trying to mess up my life, everything is just going I, I, Are you getting help, Big it? I never mm. got any help from anybody. Yeah. And and Shirley, I mean, is is there generally a lack of support? A, a lot of sadness being expressed uh, today. A lot of grief of people who've been falsely accused and, and the system just not working for them. Is is there generally a lack of social support or is the support that is out there socially that, that, that people can go there? And express these kind of uh, uh, scenarios. Taba, I, I think there is. Okay, sorry, no, 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 go, for it, go for it, go for it, Shirley. Okay, I think you know it. It the lack of support is 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 a hundred percent there, and it is clear because I mean three of the callers expressing the same things, and I think we need a more um you know defined and more comprehensive review of the program itself within outside prison and you know even if it's designed for rehabilitation and reintegration but we need a more defined and comprehensive you know program for for all of these individuals going through you know um the 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 challenges going through the changes i mean this is somebody's livelihood and it is very critical that you know they are able to also express i mean even even tabo honestly speaking if you do this exercise if you were to now google places where you know offenders or ex-offenders um can be supported limited yeah no very limited I mean, things like getting help with uh, finding work again, getting help with readjusting to 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 to, to being uh, to free. society. Be, yeah, being free in society and 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 understanding now how do you navigate relationships with different stakeholders, your previous boss and 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 your neighbors uh, going forward, and how things have have evolved even during the fourteen days that you are away. It could be maybe a year and a half. Uh, that's a lot of and time, things and things change. Yeah. And things change. And, and I think it's, it's, hence I said that it's important then, you know, the, 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 the DCS also assist and, and, and starts working with communities so that 
we can then start developing such programs. You know, I mean, to to have a uh, just a wellness company, there's only so much that we can do to reach out, right? Having interns go into prison, there's only so much that they can do to reach out. But there's only like two or three, you know, organizations that actually try and assist. But that's not enough. There's a lot of people out there that are still suffering and going through these changes. You know, for example, the South African um prisoner aid organization, Sapau, that's the only one that I could find that would help Begazela in terms of reintegrating himself back into the community. Even Tabo, even Zanet. Yeah. But do they know of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we got a call now from Nomfundo, who is a social worker with the Department of Social Development. Nomfundo, is it Lenswane? Good, good morning and thank you very much for your time. Nomfundo Kulu Lenswane, social worker with the Department of, of Social Development. Is there social support, Nomfundo, that is available? I mean, you listen to that caller, uh, Begazela, and, and the kind of traumatic experience that he's gone through. There's Tabo, there's, 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 there's a whole lot that have called us so far. Uh, Zentin as well, and, and the kind of help and assistance that they need. Uh, good, good morning, Tabo, and sorry, can I just make sure that you do not put me in uh, a space that I'm not in? I'm not a social worker. Oh, I'm director right, of right. communications. Oh, director of communications. Yeah. I beg your pardon. All right. Much appreciated. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't want to step on my colleagues' toes. Yes, as a department, mm-hmm. very sad to hear um, the, the stories of the callers. That's the reason I phoned. Uh, the department does offer psychosocial support services via, we've got um, uh, a call center, which is open 24 hours a day through our gender-based violence command center. So they, they do really help victims and um, they then direct them to the right places to go to and stuff like that. So we've got a toll-free number. We also have a USSD line where they can send a please call me. And we also have, for um, our disabled members of community, we also have a Skype line. So as a Department of Social Development, we offer those services. Yeah. Do, do you have those numbers on, on hand? Of course, yeah. Yes. Please share those with us. Okay, so the emergency toll-free number is 0800-428-428. Okay. I'll repeat that, 800 428 428 and then um uh, victims can also call uh, well send the us uh, uh, please call me rather to star 120 star 7867 hash that is star 120 star 7867 hash so is it 7827 7867 six. Six, six, hash all right yes, sir. yeah M- much and appreciated Namfundo. thank you very much for for reaching out and, and 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 sharing those details you've got another one uh yeah they can uh help me gbv on skype but uh, skype is not as big as yeah, the yeah. free number and uh, please call me all right Namfundo, much appreciated and thank you very much uh, the communications director at the Department of Social Development where you can certainly uh, give them a shout 0800-428-428 that's the emergency number otherwise star 120 star 7867 hash that's where you can uh, reach out to them the other dynamic uh, that uh, Shirley was introduced there by Tabo as well which is what we were planning mm-hmm. to talk about is 
particularly these days where offenders are, are put in the media, you know, particularly in the early stages of, of the, the, the criminal process in courts and so on uh, and so forth. And there's real genuine fear, even in the family mm. members of being attacked by members of society because of the offender. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's actually, you know, that's, that's a tricky one and an unsafe one as well, because remember people have different pers- uh, perspectives, right? Um, the way I would view um, this particular case and the offender would be different to another. And hence you would have, I mean, Tabo mentioned there was a 50-50 split even in his community in terms of people that believed him and people that actually still wanted to continue to put him down. And that is dangerous because that's where now family members get hurt because of such uh, uh, um, exposure, right? Family members are now also being judged according to what the perpetrator or the person put on trial has gone through. So we don't then look or focus on the individual, but we focus on the individual and Somar let's hurt the people around him, either to teach a lesson and, and or to... To, 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 to kind of also blame because we point fingers. So we'll, we'll, we'll show you. So it is, it is a, a dangerous exercise and it is an unsafe exercise because we are dealing with different people and different people have different opinions and different views. Let's have, leave it there for today, Shirley. Much appreciated. And thank you very much uh, for helping us in this conversation. That is Shirley, Psychological Counselor, Siway Wellness Solutions. By the way, Shirley, can you just give us your contact details for those who yes. would like to reach out to you? Yeah. Okay. So um, they can reach, uh, they can send an email to info at siweyawellness.co.za. Siweya spelled S-I-W-E-Y-A wellness.co.za. That's info at siweyawellness.co.za. And they can give us a call on 010-221-1910. 010-221-1910. Shelly, much appreciated.